Welcome to the Sisterhood of Secrets, where we explore the world of weird. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sisterhood of Secrets. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Taylor. Stephanie, you have a dead plant in your window. And I'm keeping it there for memories. This is never, I've never seen. Memories. Oh God. (laughs) I've never seen a dead plant in your house. I know. It's because I just completely abandoned them. Abandoning? Abandoned them. Abandoned it. Whatever. You left it to die. Yes. Actually, it was supposed to be Trevor's plant that he was going to maintain in the office. And he just kind of. Yeah. So. That looks like my house. I do a much better job downstairs than I do upstairs. For some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Downstairs, I water the plants and make sure they're alive. Upstairs, I don't even (laughs) look at them. I hate you. Take that however you want, fellas. Yeah. (laughs) Take it however you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Um, uh, we're glad you're back, guys, because (laughs) I know last week we had um, kind of a, I don't know, our episode was kind of like willy-nilly a little bit was it willy-nilly yeah it was getting us back in the feel of things but i think this episode's gonna be really fun i'm excited to I share like it with everybody nilly. i do too uh i do want to ask that you guys check out our merch you know we're gonna have stuff coming in and out of there uh we've got some new ideas that are coming forward and it'll be fun taylor um that is me yeah. has created a lot of great ideas yeah i've been really pumping them out yeah, we've got some aliens drinking wine. We've got a Bigfoot with a Sisterhood of Secret shirt coming in. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's like indoor plumbing. It's, it's going to be, be big. big. <laughs> okay, so this week we're going to talk about a little strange and unusual topic. That Which we love. Yes. This is straight out of X-Files, so I'm excited. If you don't watch the X-Files, you're obviously on the wrong podcast. You so. really are. <laughs> um, I mean, Fox Mulder. Mm. Sheesh. Look at me, Scully. Mm. Scully, yeah. yeah. You Scully, wild. Scully's got that. She aged like fine wine. She did. Yeah. Sorry. I like her. I was thinking about her Golden Globes dress the other day. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't even think. Oh, the pantsuits. Pantsuits. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> love a good pantsuit. Yeah, pantsuits are nice. I've never worn one. No, I have no like reason to wear a pantsuit. Yeah, what am I going to wear it for my daughter? Yeah. My house. <laughs> I'm going to go to court one day to show up. Like, I don't have to be there. I'm just going to go and be like, I'm here, guys. And they're like, who are you? Um, ma'am, you're not allowed in here, actually. It's a close case. <laughs> you need to leave. Security. Um, Escort this woman out. <laughs> to, uh, for this week. We are going to talk about some human experimentation that has happened through our government. Here in the United States, people have been experimented on. Newsflash! It's not surprising. Yeah, I know. Okay, so you're going to have to bear with me because obviously I'm going to have to read my notes. And sometimes when I read from my notes, it sounds a little cold and dead. <laughs> like I have no spunk in life. <laughs> so what's our first type of experiment that we're going to discuss? Honestly, I'm just going to talk about human experiments in general for a second. Like what a human experiment is. Well, obviously it's an experiment on a human. Uh, yeah. But I meant like <laughs> what kinds there have been? Is that what you're going to so give us? So human experiments include the exposure of humans to many chemical and biological weapons. Okay. So a biological weapon, if you don't know, is like disease warfare. Mm-hmm. So like smallpox or like um, some people said COVID was when it first came out that was a biological warfare agent really people are just wild yeah oh my gosh speaking of biological warfare have you seen the movie contagion oh my gosh when i was home with covid not with covid but because of covid during 2020 and i watched this movie contagion you do that to yourself because you know i just had to 
oh my gosh how scary it was because it seemed like we were living it it was wild sorry i'm done i don't watch show like that it's a good movie though like i watched that they got a disease from a monkey i think oh my god yeah that's so sad the poor yeah. monkey i know was a monkey okay no oh monkey was not okay <laughs> damn so <laughs> fuck the people i just want to know if that monkey made it he didn't another type of human experimentation is human radiation experiments which sounds just as awful as it uh yeah is. as it sounds yeah it sounds awful. so and then there's like injections of toxic and radioactive chemicals there's surgical experiment experiments interrogation and torture experiments tests that and like involve mind altering substances yeah baby so like there's this big thing that says like lsd was created by the government believe it duh well i think um Everything's created by the government because I hate them. Everything bad, they did it. <laughs> Blame Big Brother. Yeah, Big Brother, fuck you. <laughs> They're listening. Just kidding, really don't. Like, I don't have much going on for me. I mean, you can't really take much. But <laughs> Please like, don't take my child. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. She can't take that kid in my kid. No. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> We're spiraling. So there's like a shit ton of other experiments. I gotta, go, I gotta snip this and I gotta get out of this. Okay. So many of these tests that um, were performed in our country were performed on children. Are you kidding? Yeah. So like obviously already sick people, mentally disabled individuals. Um, it was often under the guise of like medical treatment for whatever was wrong with them. Like, you know, if they, before we realized like what autism was or drown, down syndrome, I almost said drown syndrome, my God, down yeah. syndrome or like, um, schizophrenia, stuff like that. They were just like, well, these people are already like deemed not worthy of society. So we're just going to, they treated them like a lower class of people, even people just like with everyday stuff. Like, you know, if your legs didn't work. You were born paralyzed or if deaf you were or differently blind. abled than than if like you weren't the average like Joe, a normal average. Not, I don't want to say normal, but right. like a regular person at birth. You didn't have any hardships. Yeah, yeah. And that's not like you know, it's not how we perceive things today. But like no. in the 1950s and 1800s, if you weren't like Tip the top. healthiest white man on the planet, you were shit, pretty much. Yeah. So everybody, we'll just knows. leave that there. We're really I'm, obviously I'm not cool with it, guys. No, I'm part of the differently abled. <laughs> Stephanie should be. <laughs> I'm on the list. They're you checking are. me out. Uh, so in many studies, a large portion of the subjects were considered poor or, or like a, they were racial minorities or they're prisoners. Wow. So so anybody who, like you just said, yeah, wasn't part of deemed part of the fantastic society. Of right. Like all of the, the, the rich folk were picking on the poor kids and stuff yeah like uh birth control man that was technically a government experiment did you know that Mm-mm, i didn't know that oh seems like an experiment right now though. What? I mean, women are still going through it well they didn't tell women it was birth control they were just giving them pills in like a third world country what yeah they just went to a random they were, like, country them, i can't really remember the whole thing i didn't study that if you have time in your spare time people check out birth control you should check out the history of birth control it's fucked wow because the first draft really messed up a lot of women. So for today's episode, because this is such a wide topic, I'm only going to cover a few things because we can't be here all day. I mean, we can realistically. Right, but y'all got stuff to do. I don't have a life. So I can talk to this microphone (laughs) and my sister until my mouth dries up. And let's face it. I can't with you. I can't. I haven't been out of the house in a while. (laughs) 
She's a hermit. I am. Anyway, so the first topic I'm going to cover is surgical experiments. And I chose this one specifically because I enjoy surgery. I like to I watch. hate surgery. I like to watch them. I'm a huge fan of like, well, I had yeah. to have a C-section yeah. with my child. It was an emergency thing. It's not a planned thing. But going in, I was like, I want to know. I've seen one in real life when I worked at the hospital. Mm-hmm. But it's just different when it happens to you and you're like down in the nitty gritty of it. So obviously, I looked one up. Yeah. Wish I would have never done that. Yeah, why did you do that? I don't know. It made the whole experience 10 times worse. I imagine so. Yeah, I was like on the table like, oh my God, it's happening. I'm awake. I was like, put me under, bitch. And they were oh like, God. you don't need to do that. I'm like, put me under. <laughs> Please put me under. You don't know what I know. I like, know what you're doing to me. I can feel it. <laughs> anyway. Literally. Um, um so surgical stuff just really um appeals to me and this sounds bad but we wouldn't have the procedures and the knowledge that we have today to perform surgery if we did not have some type of experiment going on that's true i'm giving the green light on what these folks were doing right but uh they went about it the wrong way right yeah so instead of cadavers they were like a right way though yeah cadavers yeah but if I feel like, okay, so maybe a doctor's like, I think I know what could help this person. Some of the things that are going on happens to someone who's alive. You know what I mean? Informed consent is the difference. You're right. All right. So throughout the 1840s, uh, a feller named J. Marion Sims, who is often referred to as the father of gynecology. What a lovely, lovely name. I'm the father of the gynos. <laughs> You know, he's just like in. Maybe it, they have like little group meetings and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, hell, father of the guy knows." If he's still alive, <laughs> father of the guy knows is also Father Tom. No, I mean like they have a poster in the room. What? <laughs> I don't know. Gynecologists are strange folks. I if just, you are a gynecologist, thank you because we need you. Yeah, obviously you. We need you to like birth our children. You're in the trenches sure, every day. Like literally the trench. <laughs> you're in the trenches every day. We appreciate you're doing you doing the Lord's work. You are. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I am not getting elbow deep in anybody. No. So thank you for your service, but <laughs> gross. <laughs> I kind of like they're military men. they fighting for our country. I mean, really? Amen. <laughs> I mean, people are fighting for their life. So this guy performs <laughs> surgical experiments on enslaved African women without anesthesia. Are you kidding? It's the 1840s. Slavery is still legal in the United States and most of the world. Without anesthesia? Well, they didn't have anesthesia, really. They had like ether and stuff. Yeah, all they did was like knock you the fuck out. It's not anesthesia. Oh my gosh. Anyway, and it doesn't have to work like that. Ugh. Most of the time, side note, sidebar, whatever. Um, (laughs) like amputees and stuff like that when they were doing like battlefield amputations. Yeah, the surgeon barber. They didn't give them shit. They just probably passed out due to shock. A piece of like stick or a leather strap in their mouth and had somebody else hold them down where they sawed off their limbs. I would never make They'd it. They shake the freaking saw off, go to the next guy. Didn't clean it, nothing. Most people died of infection, the not amputation. because of their actual wounds. It was infection. Sepsis was just everywhere. Yeah, it was just like rampant. Everybody had the gangrene. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, look that up in your spare time, guys. It's disgusting. Or, or not. It's Don't. cool. I don't know. I like I like stuff like that. Anyway, um, so the women, one of whom was operated on over thirty times, suffered from infections and many what? failed surgeries before she was finally cured of a vaginal fistula. What's a fistula? Oh God! Is it like a cut? So 
For those of you that don't know what a fistula is, I'm going to give you the short, sweet version. It is a abnormal connection between organs. So I'm going to give you an example. Okay. An anal fistula mm-hmm. is a, an infected tunnel between the skin and the anus. So the taint. <laughs> it's not the taint. Lord, I'm sorry, Mom. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't want you to know, Mother, when you listen to this, that was Stephanie Michelle. That was her. Why don't you go out and give my social security number too while you're out there? <laughs> no, I mean, I know what you want me to give to Mom. No. So now that we're done with the taints, um, <laughs> I'm going to finish my thought. And I think this woman probably had an obstetric fistula, which is an abnormal connection between the rectum and the vagina. And like they connected them by accident? No, or like it's the like, tissue I think fused. your body does it. Your your body does it. Like it's like a like scar tissue almost. And it yeah. creates like this tunnel. It's kind of yeah. like an adhesion, which is like just a buildup of scar tissue. Yeah. Which happens when you have like surgery after surgery. Or you can just, if you're just prone to scar tissue. Some women... Some not women. I yeah, mean, yeah. women are in. Anyway, you know? I mean, it seems shitty. This seems terrible. Thirty so, surgeries. So yeah, she probably was full of fistulas. How did she survive that? I don't know. She's just got that will to live, I guess. So the evidence suggests that Sims' original patients were willing participants in his surgical attempts to cure their affliction, and I don't think they could actually know that because he was performing it on enslaved humans and they didn't have a choice exactly there was absolutely no consent given they, to yeah them even if they way. said no they're like well i'm gonna yeah so i don't know that's a little iffy for me seems so, like some false information but okay yeah so but the because the period he operated was between 1845 and 1849 it's like yeah it's slavery times yeah it's terrible times yeah i don't even know i don't agree with animal testing either but no, I, I don't mean, either you wouldn't have the polio vaccine if it wasn't for horses they kill horses to I'm get not, that? I'm not telling you that. My God. Anyway, he was also trying this new practice of anesthesia, which was not universally accepted as safe and effective. So back then, people were like, you'll be fine. Suck it up. And he was like, well, I've operated on all of these women and they're just screaming and it's really annoying. So we should oh probably try God. to put them under. Yeah. Because, I mean, eventually you do pass out from pain. That is true. So in 1874, Mary Rafferty, an Irish servant woman, came to Dr. Robert Bartholomew of the Good Samaritan Hospital in Cincinnati for treatment of a lesion on her head. The lesion was diagnosed as a cancerous ulcer and surgical (gasps) treatments were attempted. Bartholo saw Rafferty's condition as terminal, but felt there was a research opportunity. Oh, no. So he inserted electrode needles into her exposed brain matter to gauge her responses. Granted, this was not to help her, to not cure her, but purely for science. He was just experimenting on on her brain. He wanted to see what, like, what that do. What? Yeah. Does she know? Um, Or was it one of those things, well, we're going to try everything you know and he's trying these things but it has nothing to do with the cancer just has just listen this is this is bad this is where it gets worse so it can get worse this was done with no intention of treating her like i just said so although rafferty came out of the coma caused by one of the experiments three days later she died from a massive seizure the following day bartholo described the experiment as follows when the needle entered the brain substance she complained of acute pain in the neck to develop more decided reactions, the strength of the current was increased. Her countenance exhibited great distress and she began to cry. Very soon, the left hand was extended as if in 
an act to take hold of some object in front of her. The arm presently uh, presently was agitated with clonic spasms. So that's like a sh- she, like violent shaking. shaking. Yeah. Her eyes became fixed with pupils widely dilated. Lips were blue and she frothed at the mouth. Her breathing became um, labored. She lost consciousness and was violently convulsed on the left side. The convulsion lasted five minutes and was succeeded by a coma. Oh she returned my. to consciousness in 20 minutes from the beginning of the attack and complained of some weakness and vertigo. They electrocuted this woman yes. to death. Yeah. I mean, not, not to death. They just caused brain damage. Right. Which then caused the seizure that killed her. So in the autopsy, the way he speaks, like his results, like I know how it's like very scientific, but it's so... Like, she's not a human. Yeah. that's I think that's how you have to look at it. So, in the autopsy, he noted that the brain had damage, obviously, occurred due to the electrodes, but that she had died due to the cancer, which does not add up. That's a lie. Um, And then he was criticized by fellow physicians and the American Medical Association formally condemned his experiments as he had caused direct harm to the patient not in an attempt to treat her but solely to gain knowledge additional issues were raised with the like if there was actually consent like granted yeah or if they just like spoke about it like we don't actually know you know what transpired although she gave cheerful assent and i mean that with quotations right because that's probably what he said to the procedure she was described as feebly minded and may not have fully understood what he was suggesting yeah, he used he threw a lot of doctor jargon at her and was like, "Hey, yeah, I'll do this, and it might help you, or help humanity." He probably made it sound like it was gonna do something good for her. Yeah, of course he manipulated her. Yeah, which if you don't know anything about the medical community, even today, if you don't know, I'm always an advocate for asking questions. If mm-hmm. you don't know, you don't feel fully informed, always ask questions. Yeah, um, it's it's easy to get confused. Yeah, there's a lot of jargon that's way over my head. Yeah, I mean, like fistula. That sounds Had no fucking idea. made up. Yeah. Let's be real. I thought it was a tank. You thought it was a tank. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Sorry, world. Just uh, Stephanie's obsessed with tanks today. So just ignore her. Anyway, but it's super easy to, um, especially get lost in all of it. Yeah, you're terrified and you're hoping that a doctor is going to save you. Right. Yeah. Like you see them. Like I don't. I think that's why a lot of physicians get like these god complexes because we do look at them as saviors. Yes. And they do do great things. Yeah. Do. (laughs) But it's. I think it's also easy for them to become complacent in their jobs just because. I'm gonna go and tell you. I only worked in a lab, and I didn't have to do like hands-on work with patients i just like did minimal things Mm -hmm. and it was mainly like collecting specimens and i you grow numb to it Mm -hmm. it's your job right you don't think about it like yeah you're like that's a person right but But at some point you've got to disconnect you've got to compartmentalize otherwise you won't be able to do the job because i mean not that my job was particularly like traumatic i'm not like an icu nurse or an er nurse in a trauma center right seeing these awful things but like you have to see people not in their best or on their deathbed Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a lot of things so you're just like meh meh eventually you're just like numb to it in this case i don't believe this man was numb to anything i just believe he probably did not have a soul and took advantage of a really sick woman which a lot of people do He's like the mad scientist energy, you know? Yeah. Mm. I mean, she was awake and he was just like, I wonder if I poke your brain. 
Oh, I can't. I can't eat. It's like freaking Hannibal Lecter energy. I can't. You probably even took a little bite when she wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so let's move on. In 1896, Dr. Arthur Wentworth performed spinal taps on 29 young children without the knowledge or consent of their parents. At 29? 29? <laughs> so sorry. Lord help us. I'm so sorry. I'm not. It's not about the kids. It's new girl. I turned 29 this year and I just can't stop saying 29 because that's from New Girl. Anyway. But no consent whatsoever. No. None. So, and he did it at Children's Hospital in Boston. And he did it to discover whether doing it would, like, he didn't think it would be harmful. He just wanted to poke people's spines. Yeah. He wanted to see what would happen if you did a spinal tap, I'm pretty sure. He wanted to get spinal juice. Spinal juice? <laughs> that's what, what that is. What do you think? You think that's, that's a scientific term is spinal juice? What is it called? What? Spinal juice. Spinal fluid. Juice and fluid are the same thing. It's not- <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't have grape juice. <laughs> I might. I like grape juice and then like grape fluid. Which one are you going to drink? <laughs> if I told you, if I said, do you want some grape fluid? You'd be like, no. No. Okay. Sounds like it goes in a fucking car. Like brake fluid. You're right. Windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> You're right. So... That guy, we're going to move on from that guy. He didn't really do much. I mean, yeah, he defiled 29 spines of children. Truth. But um, I'm going to move on. So in 1913, well, from 1913 to 1951, a man named Dr. Leo Stanley, he was the chief surgeon at the San Quentin prison, performed a wide variety. My God, I'm out of breath. Wide variety of experiments on hundreds of prisoners at the, of San Quentin. It's a really big prison. Yeah, San Quentin. Yeah. We're just going to keep saying it. Thank Thank so many of the experiments involved testicular implants where Stanley would take the testicles testicles out of executed prisoners. <laughs> Stephanie, don't look at me. And surgically implant them into living prisoners. I, Hold there's on. No, Hold there's on no why. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. He took healthy testes out of dead people. Oh, oh, okay. I missed that. Okay, so like... I'm on death row. He you, took cadaver you testes. Need, you need my nuts. Right? He just wants to see if we can make them work. What? So they off me and he's like, hey, if you're not going to use those, can I have them? Can I take them for something? And the guy's like, sure. Sure. We're just going to uh, incinerate the body. You can yeah, have those. You can have the nuts, I guess. <laughs> Nothing else? You don't want to try an eye first? Is that all he did? No. Okay. <laughs> Mainly. Okay. But now. <laughs> <laughs> so... <clears throat> These poor people. I am sorry, guys. You know, I did not realize. I'm just gonna side note again. Did not realize how funny this would be to talk about to another person while I was doing this research. Yeah, I've got the giggles too. Like I can't get it together. When I talk about this with Brady, he tells me to shut the fuck up. Oh, it's disgusting. Oh yeah, you know his usual. I'm gonna faint. I'm gonna whatever. <laughs> I've been there. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't like blood or medical or anything. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't have, I don't discuss it beforehand. In my brain, I'm like, oh man, that's cool. And I'd like to be surprised. So we don't like share this information no. prior. This is Stephanie's first time hearing this information most of the time. All right. And so Dr. Testy. So he it surgically implanted these into living prisoners. Um, it doesn't give me a reason why Homeboy felt like he needed to do this. I'm assuming he just wanted to see... If he could, if they were functional. Did they work? I don't think so. No. I mean, they were dead, so I don't think so. I mean, you can take... There's a time period. You can take stuff off of a body. And it'll work? Mm-hmm. So, like, the sperm weren't dead? I'm pretty sure the sperm were probably not 
viable viable but i mean i don't know the i don't i don't understand why you would want to do this i mean you're right i don't understand <laughs> i mean i don't understand like now. in the back of his head he was like man i'm gonna take the nuts off oh, one dude and maybe it's because like maybe if men couldn't have children and they were like you could do well they never blamed it on the man then it was always the women you're right they didn't know anything about that mm, interesting i don't know i don't know i just think this guy was obsessed with nuts so, in other experiments, he attempted to implant the testicles of rams, goats, and boars into living prisoners. I don't really know why. That's um, just Stanley wild. also performed various eugenics experiments. And I have a goat named Stanley. Oh, my God, you do. <laughs> Sorry. Dr. Stanley, not the goat Stanley, <laughs> uh, also performed various eugenics experiments and forced sterilization on San Quentin prisoners. What? Honestly. I'm not bad about the forced sterilization. Well, if they were like, you know. <clears throat> bad people. Yeah. Yeah. Doing bad stuff out in the world. Yeah. With great fluid. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. So Stanley believed that his experiments would rejuvenate old men, control crime, which he believed had biological causes. Oh, And so prevent the unfit from reproducing. So he was playing God. Mainly, there he was like, I can't get an erection. I'm going to try to fix it, to fix it. But first I have to experiment. I have to experiment to the lab, to the lab. And then they would go to the lab and they would start. And he's like, mixing it up. Net, nuts off of dead bodies, put them in fresh people. Been like, Hey, does your dick work now? And they're like, no man, it don't work. And he's like, oh. he's like, actually I'm, my let, dick fell off of infection. Let me try a ram. Yeah. He's like, get me a goat. I can't with them. Can you imagine? Maybe it's because they, Gosh, I can't. I can't think about this. You're talking about Rufus right now, aren't you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Ew. That's our goat. It's a goat. Yeah, Rufus is a goat. Um, and the to like the preventing the quote unquote unfit from reproducing. That's wild. Yeah. Who decides? Yeah. So, from I'm going to move on from Nutman. From 1955 to 1960, Sonoma State Hospital in Northern California served as a permanent drop-off location for mentally disabled children diagnosed with cerebral palsy or, like, lesser disorders. Oh, my gosh. So, the children subsequently underwent painful experimentation without (sighs) adult consent. Many were given spinal taps, for which they received no direct benefit. They were just doing it. They were just taking spinal fluid, just tapping it out. And these children had just been dropped off. Like, yeah. they were like, we don't want these children. Pretty much, yeah. Wasn't uncommon. The kids did that. I know. Yeah. Um, so, reporters of 60 Minutes learned that in these five years, the brain of every child with several palsy who died at Sonoma State was removed and studied without parental consent. You know what's wild to me? Hmm. You you can't learn anything from a brain once it's already gone, other than it's if it's got damage, right? You or don't. If there's know. like a tumor or something. Yeah, like that. that's that's damage technically. So oh, like if it had yeah. like a lesion, or you had like a head wound, or you had a tumor, or I don't know, you were missing a lobe or something. Like or maybe some, like toxicology. Maybe I don't think in that point of time they had that. You're right to the to the level we do today. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean you can draw some stuff off of it now. They were just trying to see. But you didn't know. I mean, yeah. that's how we know that, I guess. Maybe. You're like, oh, this I do hate this. Jelly. I'm assuming <clears throat> that these children were dropped off at this hospital, right, which made them, like, wards of the state. No. S- their parents still had rights? Like, they... Yeah. Did they know what was happening to them at these hospitals? No. They didn't give consent. They just assumed that was the best... This is... 
I feel like, like a, in that time period, they're like, this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. And so they It's like they an did elderly it. home for the mentally disabled. You know, like, you know, like a nursing home. Yeah. But they were like, oh, yeah, we'll take care of them and tap their spines and cut their brains out. Good Lord. Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, But that's the sum of the surgical experiments. I'm sure there's like a million more out there, but those are just the ones I picked. Next one I'm going to talk about is a... Uh, kind of a drug experiment <laughs> truth serum i don't know if you've ever heard of the truth serum yeah so like in the spy movies yeah you know? spy movies they're like oh give them the serum yeah you know they tell they spill the beans yeah make them talk mm-hmm. it's also in harry potter yeah what's mm. it called mm. man damn you can't ask me things like that on the spot I know. my brain doesn't work so i'm gonna tell you about the u.s interest in developing a truth serum i'm excited about this one i am too even though i already read it mm. So it began in 1943 when the Office of Strategic Services, or the OSS, mm. began experimenting with a truth drug that would produce uninhibited truthfulness. <laughs> the air quotes are on board. <laughs> I could not say uninhibited uh, in like an interrogation setting. So in studies running from 1947 to 1953, which were known as Project Chatter. Mm. I love that. Yeah. That's the best one. Yeah. You know what? We okay. So during World War Two, right? Yeah. The um, the what is it? The Axis powers. They were doing a lot of experimentation on humans. Like the Nazis were experimenting on people in horrendous ways, right? Yeah. But we were also doing bad things as well. That's a different pod. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. But that's like in this time period is when we started. Well, this was after World War Two. Didn't it end? In- well, it started in like the late forties. 44? 45 is when the war officially was like done. Yeah, but we were still bringing people in after that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. Side yeah, note. they were hunting down all the people. The bad peeps. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. Navy began identifying and testing truth serums, which they hoped could be used during interrogations of Soviet spies, mm-hmm. like we were talking about. So some of the chemicals tested on human subjects included uh, mescaline and, you're going to have to really work with me on this, anti- Collagenerinic. Beautiful job. Drug and scopolamine. Sounds very... Scopolamine, excuse me. But they were using them in the first serum. Yes. Okay. From what I understand, when I was doing a little more digging on the drugs, they are extremely harmful. Oh, no. So shortly thereafter, in 1950, the CIA initiated Project Bluebird, later renamed Project Artichoke. Love that. Directed by... um, Army General Paul F. Gaynor. The purpose of the project was to develop, and this is in quotes, the means to control individuals through special interrogation techniques and ways to prevent the extraction of information from CIA agents. Mm-hmm. So what they were trying to do is like teach you to withstand the truth serum. If you, they got out, like, you know. Yeah, it was part of their training. popped you one truth serum and you're like, I can resist. Yeah, I'm prepared for this. So they gave this to our own people? I think so. From what I'm understanding, yes. Or, they, I think you have to perfect it before you can try to treat it, to be fair. Yeah. So probably later on they gave it to us. Yeah. And uh, they wanted to create, like, they wanted to create it to have, um, like, an offensive use mm-hmm. um, from, like, unconventional techniques or, like, hypnosis or drugs and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. that was their main goal, I think, was to help prevent our boys from being... Or women, mainly men at the time. Yeah. Um, from being taken under mm-hmm. 
but also just to have that so we could interrogate people right which you know instead of like beating people i mean yeah what's the fun and just beating the crap out of somebody when you could just give them a little drink yeah. you know, like here's all the information a little drop drop mm-hmm. want some water <laughs> want some grape fluid <laughs> want some grape fluid they'd be like no man <laughs> they're like what the fuck is that <laughs> what's grape fluid <laughs> anyway so the purpose of the project was outlined in a memo dated january 1952 that stated can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, oh my such gosh. as self-preservation, question mark? <gasps> the project studied the use of hypnosis, forced morphine addiction, and subsequent forced withdrawal, and the use of other chemicals, among other methods, to produce amnesia and other vulnerable states in the subject. Can you say born identity? Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah. Do our bidding and then kill yourself if I tell you to? No, this is wild. No. So in order to quote unquote, perfect techniques for abstraction of information from individuals, whether willing or not, Project Bluebird researchers, researchers experimented with a wide variety of psychoactive substances, including LSD, heroin, marijuana, cocaine, PCP, mescaline, it's a drug, Mm. and ether. Okay. Just trying everything. Yeah, they're just going to throw the book at it. Mm -hmm. Everybody's getting addicted to everything. Perfect. A little cocaine to bring you up, a little Mm -hmm. marijuana to bring you down, a little LSD to make you freak the fuck out. Yep. Love it. Yep. It's my Saturdays. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Project Bluebird researchers dosed over 7,000 U.S. military personnel with LSD without their knowledge or consent at the Edgewood Arsenal in Maryland. Seven thousand of our own military military trained humans yeah military personnel oh my gosh they're like i'm gonna sign up because i want to do something i'm gonna make a difference in our country and then our country gives you lsd so years after these experiments more than 1,000 of these soldiers suffered from several illnesses including depression and epilepsy many of them attempted suicide (gasps) i hate that because it destroyed their brains yeah so that's terrible. That's right. a truth serum, guys. Oh, it actually does not give you any more information about it. So I'm assuming we have it. So if a man in a black suit smoking a cigarette offers you grape fluid, do not take it. Yes, that's coming from us. So don't do it. The truth is out there and you don't trust anyone. So moving on from the awful truth serum. Theorem. 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 Oh my God, it's like a Mike Tyson. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going to talk about some experiments on patients with mental illness. So a man named Dr. Robert Heath of Tulane University performed experiments on 42 patients with schizophrenia Mm -hmm. and prisoners in the Louisiana State Penitentiary from 1950 to 1973. Wow. That's a lot of people. That's a big run. 23 years. Yeah. And prisons back then were terrible. Like. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're great now, we'll be honest. No, no, no. I just mean, like, um, that he probably, you were able to do whatever you wanted yeah. with a prisoner. But here's the kicker. The experiments were funded by the U.S. Army. I believe that. So, in the studies, he dosed them with LSD and, man, I hate these freaking names. Bulbacapin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know how to say that. And implanted electrodes into the septal area of the brain to stimulate it and take um, EEG readings or electric 
electroesynaglab. I can't say it. Okay. Look up EEG. I got speech problems, y'all. It's the electrodes that go on your brain. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. Don't, they don't have to go on your brain now. Now they go on the outside of your head. Right. But like they, they measure they like They monitor synapse. brain waves and yeah. stuff like that. That's how they tell you if it, uh, epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Or just some other things. So various experiments were performed on people with schizophrenia who were stable. Other experiments were performed on people with their first episode of psychosis. Um, they were given uh, methylphenidate to see the effect on their minds. So other information about the um, these experiments was kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they found good... Well, like what their findings were, but there is a suggestion or maybe not a suggestion, a hypothesis mm-hmm. that um, hallucinogenics can treat people with schizophrenia. So maybe it's some good illegal came out in the United States. Terrible stuff. So I don't just know. Just a little bit of good came out of it because, like, they say there's like a. I think it's like a over across the pond somewhere over there in Europe mm-hmm. or Asia. One of them. You can take uh, like uh, mushrooms or some type of hallucinogenic. Yeah, and it, it the people are doing this over there yeah. to treat their Microdosing. schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and it's working. It is working. It's fantastic. It's interesting, but I'm sure. Well, these people had consent. They're attempting this yeah, to they, help them. They you have to go over there to do it. Right. These people were just in prison or yeah. differently abled and were taken advantage of. Yeah, based on the U.S. government's. My decision. thing is, I would like to know what their findings were, but they're kind of hard to find. Right. So I'm assuming they weren't great. Yeah. So the next thing I'm going to talk about, and this is going to be the last thing, because like I said, we can't be here all damn day, y'all. I mean, I'm not leaving anytime soon, but y'all got to go. Y'all got to go home. Yeah. Wherever the hell you're at, go home. <laughs> you're <laughs> at home. That's not your house. You've got to get out of your car, or you've got to take your AirPods out. You've got to go cook dinner take a shower take a shower feed your dogs feed your dogs feed your children yeah that too all um, of those things you have to do stuff anyway so i'm going to talk about some torture experiments excellent this is just a snippet of the torture experiments i did not go into full detail okay so just a small portion of it i mean it's a pretty big portion the ghost is back the lights are flickering yeah we've got some spooky shit going on over here <laughs> it heard taint fistula <laughs> And great, it was summoned. great fluid. And it was like, man, it's happening over there. I've got to go back. I got to go check. Uh. <laughs> so from 1964 to 1968, the U.S. Army paid over $300,000 was given to professors Albert Kligman and Herbert W. Copeland to perform experiments with mind-altering drugs on 320 inmates of Holmesburg Prison. I didn't realize that we were just like doing whatever we wanted to to prisoners. We were. You could have been in there for like something small. Yeah, just getting fucked up. Yeah, if you pro- if you fit the like the criteria. Yeah, for the experiment. Yeah. So the goal of this study was to determine the minimum effective dose of each drug needed to disable fifty percent of any given given population. What? Yeah. So they would just they were giving out different types of different dosages. Uh, what was the drug? Do you say LSD and something else? This mind-altering drug? Just any type of... They were just trying to see what would debilitate them. Yeah. Okay. Just 50% of a population. Of any given population. So they took 
yeah they were just straight up experimenting on these people yeah they're just like let's see what this does yeah we'll give you all this see what happens so kligman and copeland initially claimed that they were unaware of any long-term health effects the drugs could have on the prisoners however documents later revealed that this was obviously not the case duh because that's just i mean if you're giving people drugs that you know causes them to hallucinate school they made it seem like everybody was gonna offer your ass drugs they did like you're just walking down the street and they're like hey man do you want some free weed lsd cocaine heroin meth um what else you got mushrooms sure this new shit that i just created in my bathtub yeah you want to try it you want to try it it's free Mm -hmm. that never happened to me thankfully no nobody's ever asked me no me either no nobody's ever asked me um nobody's ever like you know, jumped out of a street corner in the dark alley with an overcoat and opened up their, their jacket. I think you're talking about something else. I'm you really know, glad no one's flashed you, but I think you're talking about something else. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they have, like, they'd open up their coat and there's, like, stuff in it. I don't, there's a whole generation of people that are not going to know what we're talking about, but yes, I do. Okay. It's well, like watches and chains, like, coming yeah, to America. Yeah. See these gold toothbrushes? Yes. So, nobody's ever done that to me, but apparently the government will just do it without you knowing. Which is where is that? Where do you sign up for that? Also, why hasn't why isn't that in like a book? You know, I'm sure it is in a book, but we're not going to read it. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting. <clears throat> so, medical professionals gathered and collected data on the CIA's use of torture techniques on detainees during the 21st century war on terror to refine oh, those te- to refine those techniques and to quote to provide legal cover for torture as well as to help justify and shape future procedures and policies. Wow. What a really nice way of saying we tortured people. Yeah. And, for your benefit. And we are going to protect the people who are doing the torturing. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Gotta get dirty sometimes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not into it. According to a 2010 report by Physicians for Human Rights... Um, the report stated research and medical experimentation on detainees was used to measure the effects of large volume waterboarding and adjust the procedure according to the results i want to know how many people were drowned Um, we will never know but it happened large volume waterboarding just makes it seem like you're holding your head in a toilet (laughs) until you're like hey you want to talk now and they're like fuck this one's dead yeah didn't get it. Write that down. Ten minutes no. underwater? Too long. Too long. <laughs> Golly. Ah, that's a little dark. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> We're dark. As a result of the waterboarding experiments, doctors recommended adding saline to the water to prevent putting detainees in a coma or killing them through over-ingestion of large amounts of plain water. Let's add a little bit of saline to make them not die as quick. That's essentially what they're trying to do sleep deprivation tests performed on over a dozen prisoners in 48 96 and 180 hour increments gosh that messes you up sleep deprivation is something else so let me tell you this i'm gonna side note when i had to do a study when i was in high school i had to stay in the hospital for like a week or whatever yeah they were like trying to make you have a seizure or like Mm -hmm. so they could monitor things or whatever Mm -hmm. and um Sleep deprivation was one of the things they made me do. They didn't let me sleep for 48 hours. Gross. Yeah. It was really terrible. I was also a huge bitch. 
Yeah, I mean, who isn't when you haven't slept in 48 hours? It was fucking terrible. I get four hours or three hours some days, and I'm just like a creature. It was effective. But I feel like if you don't yeah. sleep for 108 hours, anybody's going to have a seizure, I'm just going to say. Yeah. Yes. So, doctors also collected data intended to help them judge the emotional and physical effects of the techniques so as to calibrate the level of pain experienced by detainees during interrogation. Wow. And determine if using certain types of techniques would increase a subject's pain. susceptibility to severe pain. More pain, more answers. So in 2010, the CIA denied the allegations, claiming they never performed any experiments and saying, <sighs> quote, the report is just wrong. However, the U.S. government never investigated the claims. Of course they didn't. Just like we recently talked about aliens. I'll never get over this. They deny, deny, deny. Okay. Yeah. And then the truth comes out. Just because the truth's out there. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you know, 50 years from now, they'll be like, yeah, we've been torturing people. Yeah, we've been doing it the whole time. Yeah. Golly. Oh, well. So psychologist James Mitchell and Bruce Jessen ran a company that was paid $81 million by the CIA that, according to the Senate Intelligence Committee Committee Report on CIA Torture, developed the enhanced interrogation techniques used. So, our government paid two psychologists $81 million to improve torture techniques. Wow. So, in November of 2014, the American Psychological Association announced that they would hire a lawyer to investigate claims that they were complicit in the development of enhanced interrogation techniques that constituted torture. Wow. I have no words. I mean, it's crazy. That was in 2014. It's 2024. We've never heard anything of it. So and I, you won't. No. In August of 2010, though, the U.S. weapons manufacturer Raytheon, sorry if I said that incorrectly, announced that it had partnered with a jail in Castaic, California, to use prisoners as test subjects for its active denial system that, quote, fires an invisible heat beam capable of causing unbearable pain. The device dubbed the Pain Ray, how original, what? by its critics, was rejected for feed, for fielding in Iraq due to Pentagon fears that it would be used as an instrument of torture. Oh my gosh. The Pain Ray sounds terrible. I'm you glad that was something else. I mean, I know. The Pain Ray? I'm pretty sure, like, that sounds like a fucking wrestler on the WWE. No, that sounds like, what's, uh, what's the bad guy, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy's arch nemesis? Man Ray. Yeah, so it was like, Man Ray would have a pain ray. You know, he probably does. That, we should write in. Next time on Sisterhood of Secrets, we are going to continue with human experimentation. Yeah, we're going to pick this journey right back up, and we're going to be even more exposed to the terrors of our government. And just awful people in general. Yeah. Not everything was government sanctioned, but they always have their toe in it. That big toe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a mad scientist, I feel like. Yeah. 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 But we'll see you next time, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And remember to message us. Buy some merch. Stay away from uh, great fluid. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Make sure you follow us on our Instagram account, sisterhood underscore of underscore secrets. And our Facebook page, Sisterhood of Secrets. If you would like to share any of your spooky or unexplained encounters, email us at sisterhoodsecrets1 at gmail. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Bye for real.